Hello and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking with me, Delia Delors. This is a podcast where we dissect popular mottos, mantras and metaphors, tracing their origins and finding how they translate to everyday life. Each week, we have a special guest who resonates with their chosen expression. How are you? Have you used any metaphors this week? I bet you have. I used a stitch in time saves nine as my metaphor this week. And I used it as a way to encourage myself to complete a task one early afternoon because I didn't feel like it, but I knew that if I didn't do it then, I would regret it. Has that ever happened to you? Our guest today is author Tarek Walton, who will be talking about his book, Secrets from MIT, Tennis and the Umpire Above, 10 Lessons from a Poor Jamaican Boy Who Never Gave Up on the Court. Long title, but it makes sense when you read it. The book details his life journey from a poor yet ambitious tennis player in Jamaica to MIT scholar and mentor and charismatic leader. We will be discussing Tarek's chosen metaphor, Lion, as well as his journey from the court to the classroom and insights he has for navigating life's map. Throughout history, the lion has been associated in many cultures with courage, royalty and strength. It has been an important symbol to humans for thousands of years, with records going back as far as cave paintings from the Stone Age. Did you know that an early example of lions entwined in our culture can be found looking at the ancient Egyptian times? In Egypt, the lion represented the ferocious heat of the sun and one of the many gods that were worshipped was called Sekhmet, a goddess with the head of a lioness. She was a god of war, the power that protected the good and annihilated the wicked enemies of the sun god Ra. However, Sekhmet was also associated both with disease and with medicine, as well as being the protector of the pharaohs, leading them in warfare. She was also the patron of healers and physicians. With this in mind, the lion could also be seen not just as a symbol of strength and courage, but also balance. Take, for example, the association of lions with the sun. It was said that Sekhmet was born out of the fire of the sun god's eye, we are told that the constellation Leo is ruled by the sun. Even a lion's mane can be compared to the sun's golden glow. However, lions are actually nocturnal, with most of their hunting activity occurring at night, I'm sure you knew. The lioness is also considered a lunar symbol, related to the moon, which is believed to be a symbol of the spiritual aspects of femininity, such as intuition, psychic abilities, creativity and wisdom. With both of these sides, strength and majesty, intuition and wisdom, the lion also represents duality, night and day, spirituality and activity. Two sides of the same coin for all these traits does a good leader make. Tarek Walton was a bright student from Spanish Town, Jamaica, with dreams of accomplishing big things for himself and for others. He also began playing tennis at a young age, approaching the game with the same joy and determination as he did his studies. One day, on a crowded taxi home from school, 
Tarek experienced a life-altering moment which would change his life forever. We're going to hear more about that soon, as well as discuss his book, Secrets from MIT, Tennis and the Umpire Above, 10 Lessons from a Poor Jamaican Boy Who Never Gave Up on the Court. So stay tuned. Tarek, welcome to Metaphorically Speaking. Thank you for having me, Delia. It is a pleasure to join you on this wonderful show. Before we get into things, you know I have to ask you about your sons. I know you have one that's relatively new to our world. Absolutely. Both of my little ones are doing well. Uh, Malachi is three years old and he is already in school, loves to learn. And my newborn, um, his name is Gabriel, and he is roughly 11 weeks old today. So it's really a blessing from above, and I am, I'm grateful for the little ones in, in our lives. Thanks for asking. You're more than welcome. Life is precious. So, Tarek, how did a taxi ride home from school in Spanish Town, Jamaica, change your life? It's a very powerful question. At age 10, Delia, um, I was in a taxi leaving my primary school, St. John's Primary in Spanish Town, Jamaica, a very volatile community. And I saw a classmate who was very distinguishable. He was homeless, unfortunately. He had one leg and one crutch. But the words that he said to me in a very unique situation changed my life forever. And he said, Wagwan Tarek, the prime minister. You know, Wagwan Prime Minister, and that's a Jamaican lingo for what is going on, you know, Wagwan in Jamaica. And it changed my life because I didn't expect it. And it did not change me to for the pursuit of politics, because I think that's the, the least of my concerns. However, it changed my outlook towards service. When I see the conditions that my friend Paro was living in, being homeless with one leg and one crutch. And he was able to inspire me in such a wonderful way. He motivated me to pursue service, community service, helping others. And that's one of the main reasons that inspired me to write this book, to serve a global community of youth, young minds for the future. So now, of course, you have to tell us more about your book, Secrets from MIT, Tennis and the Empire Above. 10 Lessons from a Poor Jamaican Boy Who Never Gave Up on the Court. What's it all about? It's all about life. It's all about um, pursuing your goals and dreams. Um, ever from a young age, I wanted, you know, Paro planted the seeds. But from Paro's inspiration, I wanted to attend MIT. And there were so many challenges throughout that journey. There were so many lessons learned throughout that educational journey. And that's what inspired me to, to, to put this book together. There are 10 lessons, as you, as you mentioned before, but these life lessons are synonymous across all aspects of life. Whether you're in the classroom, whether you're at work as a parent, whether you're a young child aspiring for great things, or whether you're an athlete in sports, these life lessons are synonymous across all those aspects. And I see them on a daily basis, you know, whether it's in tennis, you know, my favorite sport, or, you know, in school, 
those lessons are very powerful. And one of the main reasons that that motivated me to write about tennis is that tennis and MIT are closely intertwined. The motto of MIT is mind and hand. And in tennis, you're ultimately using your mind with a tennis racket in your hand. And that's why those lessons are cross-cultural, cross-sports, across all aspects of life. And that's why I wanted to, to write about those 10 lessons for life. Very briefly, can you tell us about one of the lessons? Wow. <laughs> you know, great question again. Um, you know, I'll share with you three of my favorite lessons. And these are lessons that I hold dear to my heart. Um, the first one is perseverance. Perseverance under all circumstances. You know, sometimes I see perseverance as taking the stairs versus the elevator. Even though the elevator is so convenient, it's easy to, to take that easy path. I remember in college, I broke my leg right before finals. And I had two options. I could extend my school period for an extra year, which was the easy path, or I could continue to complete those exams with a broken leg and graduate on time. And it was at that moment that I said, Tariq, you have to persevere. You have to take the, the stairs. Don't, don't worry about the elevator. And that's what inspires me to this very day, those examples of perseverance. And I'm proud to say that I graduated within four years on time at MIT. The second principle that I want to talk about is love. This was a principle that was taught by my friend Paro within that taxi, because even though Paro was impacted by the hot conditions, standing in the Jamaican sun, being homeless, begging each car that passed, Paro chose to live by love. And he said something so powerful and so valuable to me, which to me is more valuable than gold. So I always try to live by that principle of reciprocity that Paro demonstrated in my life. And then the third one that I'll share here, Delia, I know you asked for one, I'll share three. The third one is humility. And I define humility as service, putting others before you put yourself, or, or in other words, not always to think about yourself, but how can I serve others and humbly serve others to make the community better. So those are my three lessons that I want to give you a preview of, love, perseverance, and humility. And listeners, if you want to know more, of course, you have to pick up the book, Secrets from MIT, Tennis and the Umpire Above, 10 Lessons from a Poor Jamaican Boy Who Never Gave Up on Court. Now we talk about sports being a pivotal scheme to stay young people to manage their behavior. Tarek, how do you feel about these types of schemes? Sports are the best learning environments for growth as an individual um, because everyone wants to win, but not everyone can win. And the worst thing you'd want to be is a winner that cheats or you know jumps on everybody's back to get right. ahead. You have to count me out then. You have to count me out then because <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a, a, sore, you know, a sore loser when it comes to games. I'll do what I need to to cheat so I just don't play. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Right, but you, you know, you're self-aware, Delia, and that is, that is very powerful. 
being self-aware is, is, is great. You know, there are different types of sports. There are team sports. There are single-player sports. But that's the one of the reasons why I love tennis, because it has all of those elements. You're the only one on the court. You can't reach out to your coach to get advice. You can't cheat because the umpire above is sitting there and watching to maintain fairness. So it teaches you those critical lessons, standing on your own, holding your ground, and being successful, fighting through, persevering through, and to win in humility. So I would say, you know, sports are, you know, an amazing playground for growth and development as individuals. You chose a single word, lion, to be your metaphor. How do you use lion as a metaphor? I must say here, Delia, that I love your show because it simplified this process for me. And it, you know, it's very insightful. You know, I watch a lot of shows like Bruce Lee and, you know, he talks about water and how powerful water can be and how soft water can be. And it inspired me to think of my word, which is lion. And there are three reasons that I want to share about why I say I'm a lion. The first one is that the lion is the only animal in the animal kingdom that lives by power and love. And many people think that power and love are so, you know, separate, you know, but what we don't realize is that power without love is dangerous. Just imagine somebody with all the power without love, how chaotic things can become. You know, think of past leaders, Hitler, etc. And then on the contrast, love without power is anemic. It's, it, it's, you can't get a lot done with just love. So I think from the perspective of my experiences, I see a lion as that one animal that, you know, whether you're a fan of Lion King, looking at Mufasa, the lion demonstrates power with love. And that's very important. The second reason is that a lion always inspires me to be free. You know, we see a lot of things going on in society today where people are fighting for freedom. And when I see a caged lion, even though the lion is still majestic and you, you see the mane, but that caged lion is not the same as a free lion. A lion that's out there in the savannah hunting or taking care of his pride, etc. There's a total difference between a caged lion and a free lion. And I, I aspire to be that free lion that lives by love and power. And then the third reason that I want to conclude with here, Delia, is that the lion is king. The lion inspired me to write this poem, which I'll share with you. The king in me is who I'm meant to be. One path to take, no matter how hard it be. Rise to the occasion. Meet your destiny, the king in you, is the king in me. What a wonderful way to end. But first, I have to say thank you very much for talking about our show and the benefits that it has given you. And I hope that other people can feel the same way. But it's also been a great pleasure to have you on the show, Tarek. But of course, I need to allow you to tell our listeners where they can find your book. Absolutely. So thank you again, Delia. This show is wonderful. If there's, if there's one takeaway from this show is understanding who you are by describing yourself in one metaphor. I think that's a genius approach which has helped me significantly. To access the book, 
Once again, it's Secrets from MIT, Tennis and the Umpire Buff, and it's available on all platforms today. Going to Google, you type in Tarek Walton, Amazon, you will see it right there on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. It's all available today. Or for simplicity, if you go to my website, twaltongroup.com, then you will get that link to order it online. And of course, listeners, you can see that information on our Facebook and Instagram pages, metaphorically speaking, Delia. Tarek, thank you so much for being our guest and all the best to you and your family. Thank you very much, Delia. Really a pleasure to connect with you. Some wise insight from Tarek, I think it's safe to say, what a journey he's had. I think we can all take away something from what he's shared today. From someone experienced in leadership, the metaphor lion was an all too fitting choice. Symbolizing leadership, strength and courage, it is easy to see how one can connect with the animal in times where we must overcome adversity. Possibly the most well-known story involving a lion where we must overcome adversity is the Greek tale, The Labours of Heracles, whose hero was later known to the Roman as Hercules. The lion was a prominent symbol in ancient Greek times. The symbolic meaning of lions revolved around protections and they were viewed as guardians of the dead, as well as guardians of palaces, doorways, shrines, thrones and homes. However, the most famous lion in Greek mythology is the Neman lion. The beast, that was the first of the Greek hero Heracles' labours in his quest for atonement. Now this is a really interesting story, so listen on. The hero Hercules was the son of Zeus and a human woman. The goddess Hera, being married to Zeus, despised Heracles for his heritage as he was a living example of Zeus's infidelities. Because of this, she temporarily drove Hercules mad, purposely making him kill his entire family. When he awoke from the madness and saw what he had done, he was horrified and begged the god Apollo for guidance. He went to one of Apollo's oracles to ask for penance and he was sent to serve a king called Eurystheus for 12 years as punishment. As part of his sentence, Heracles also had to perform a series of labours, feats that were so difficult that they seemed impossible. When he arrived, the king gave Heracles 12 labours to perform. However, what he didn't know was that both the oracle he sought advice from and the king Eurystheus himself were in the service of Hera. Each trial he would soon face would be orchestrated by the goddess to try to bring about his death. The first of these trials was to slay the Nemean lion. The Nemean lion was a terrible monster, born from the Titans and beloved by the goddess Hera. It roamed the region of Nemea, capturing women as hostages and luring brave men to save them so they could be killed. Heracles eventually found the lion and tried to shoot it down with arrows. Only then did he discover that the lion's skin was impenetrable and that his arrows would be of no use. So he decided to follow it to its den. There he blocked one of the two entrances to the cave and entered through the other. Fumbling in the dark, Heracles managed to find the lion, stunning it with his club and then strangling it with his bare hands. After killing the lion, Heracles wanted to use the impenetrable skin of the lion as armor. Athena, 
The goddess of wisdom favoured the hero and advised him that the only thing strong enough to penetrate the beast's hide was the beast itself. So using the lion's claw, he stripped the beast and wore its pelt. Wearing the lion skin as protection, Hercules re-entered the Eurystheus's kingdom. Upon seeing him, the king was initially horrified for he feared the lion was roaming in the streets of the city. He was amazed that the hero had managed such an impossible task and became afraid of Heracles, forbidding him from entering through the gates. After that, Eurystheus sent his commands to Heracles through a herald, refusing to even see the powerful hero face to face. This story at a glance could be perceived as just a tale of a hero slaying a beast, but if we look more closely, it is a story of both courage and cleverness, as well as thinking outside of the box to overcome seemingly impossible odds. Thinking creatively to make the best of his situation in using the lion's impenetrable fur as armor, Heracles obtained one of the most useful tools that would help him complete his trials, much to the dismay of the goddess Hera. To this day, Heracles can be recognized in art wearing the lion's skin, a hero with the heart of a lion, brave enough to face the gods themselves. It's easy to see why the lion has been believed to be king of beasts, protector of royalty and the embodiment of courage through the ages. Our researcher and writer for this segment, Abby, has the Leo star sign, so she was all too happy to learn about this week's metaphor. Whilst we only covered the significance of the lion in ancient Egyptian and Greek culture, this only begins to scratch the surface of the amount of cultures that regard the lion as an important tool. And I'm sure you've been thinking that yourselves because you must have along the line heard something about the lion being the king of the jungle and all those other symbols. Clearly, mankind has always seen the might of the lion and deemed it an admirable force of nature. Perhaps we should all try to channel the lion when faced with life's challenges and, like Hercules, emerge the hero of our battles. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Metaphorically Speaking. Thank you to Tarek Walton for voicing his inspiring story and sharing with us his life lessons for becoming our best selves. And of course, for giving us such a great metaphor. I'd also like to thank our script supervisor, Sabina Lal Chopra Garcia, for returning to us after a well-deserved time off and our editor, Erica Izzy, who ensured we got everything effective together. And of course, thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, you can reach me at colorful.com forward slash shows forward slash Delia. And you can use the contact tab there. You can also email info at metaphoricallyspeaking.co.uk. We'd love you to share the show with your friends or leave a review on colorful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify, and all major streaming platforms. We depend on you to help us grow so we can produce the best content for you to enjoy. You should know this line by heart now because I say it every week. <laughs> Join us for another metaphor next week. I'm Delia Delore. Please keep safe. Goodbye.
Thanks for listening to Metaphorically Speaking, created by Delia Delore Productions, with original distribution by Colourful. This episode was hosted by Delia Delore and had segments written by Abby Sames. Script supervisor, Sabina Lauchopra Garcia. Production assistance and social media graphics by Odua Osemwenke. The final program was edited by Erica Izzy and social media videos by Ernie Deneve.